Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin, and we will be talking shortly with Deacon Robin Waters from Waco. And in the studio with me is Dennis Maka. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Pam. It's a beautiful sunny day after... uh some nice rain that some of us got in the area. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for sure. Much needed. Much needed here. Is a, and I think it's probably the same throughout the state. But then some places have gotten like torrential rains, yeah. like up in the Dallas area and places like that. But Lord, we thank you for all your good gifts and challenges you give us. Amen to that. Count it all joy, dear. Yeah. Count it all joy. Why don't you give any phone numbers for people that I might... Uh want to call in. Okay. How's that? If you have any questions for us today, we'd love for you to call in at 855-LOVE-RED-C, 855-683-7332. That's 855-683-7332. We would love to hear you opine, chime in, and just give us what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Definitely. we got a lot going on around the state. We've got a lot going on with Red Sea Apostolate, I tell awesome. you. So um, do you want to do that next, or I'm going to let you drive, drive the oh, ship? Oh, well, no. I mean, I want to hear a lot about, like, victory sports and things like that, but we also want to, like, welcome the deacon on. So, Dennis, what order do you want to do it in? Let's do the good deke first. All right. I like that. <laughs> welcome, sir. I just want to tell our listeners, I just got the, it was, gosh, it was this during the summer months when things are a little bit slower, I had the opportunity to meet Deacon Robin. And, oh, my goodness, you made such a fabulous impression on me. I felt like you were an instant <laughs> brother. So I really am so thankful that we got to meet in person, and it's so good to get to talk to you and, and listen to what you have to tell us about what's going on in your area. Oh, thank you, Pam. I sure appreciate that. Uh, now we've got a lot of great things going on, uh, specifically this weekend at St. Louis uh, Catholic Church in Waco, they are having their parish festival, and it's going to be just an incredible event. It's going to be, again, on Saturday the 27th. They're going to start it at 5 in the afternoon. They're going to go till 9 p.m. They're going to have live music, live auction, silent auction, all kinds of food. Like They're going to have gumbo and burgers and sausage wraps and street tacos, just incredible stuff. And in their silent auction, they've got some prizes like you've never Never heard of before. Really? Uh, some, yeah, things like a shrimp boil for twenty and s'mores with the Dominican sisters and just <laughs> all kinds of, of cool stuff. That's neat. Yeah. So, if you can go on out to St. Louis this Saturday, five to nine, enjoy great fun food and fellowship. Uh, on Sunday, up at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church in Abbott, they're having their annual spaghetti dinner. That is my wife's hometown, and for many many years was our home parish. And those people can cook in Abbott. So I know they're Czech, but they can make some spaghetti. (laughs) So go up to Abbott. Uh, They're going to be serving 11 to 1. And they're going to have spaghetti, salad, garlic bread, dessert, the whole whole nine yards. You'll enjoy it. Go up to Abbott. 
So, uh, and so one other thing I want to mention. Mm, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to ask you, how far is Abbott from Waco? It's about 20 miles. It's five miles north of west. Okay, so it's kind of like so. Bryan College Station to Caldwell, more or less. Yeah, yeah okay. about, just about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. It's all pretty close. And a lot of family connections in the whole area, you know. So uh, we're just a big community up in this in this blessed uh, Central Texas mm-hmm. area. Thanks be to God. But one thing I want to mention before I, I uh, y'all move on is uh, there's going to be an axe retreat that's sponsored by it's a combination of parishes out of Waco. They They've called themselves the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's several parishes up there that have uh, bound together to uh, to uh, make this one Acts group. It's going to be on September the 29th through October the 2nd. The director is a gentleman named Justin Havelka. For more information, you can call him at 254-315-9655. Or if you're at St. Louis Parish, uh, St. Jerome's Parish, Sacred Heart Parish, St. Philip's Parish, they're all bonding together to put on this awesome retreat that's a life-changing event for men. So that's just one thing I wanted to make sure everyone knew about. Wow, that sounds wonderful opportunity, like a wonderful opportunity. What else you got yeah. going? Oh, man, it's just crazy up here. We've got a, we actually have a big event coming up in West on September the 7th and 8th, and I'd talk to you about this, Pam. Amaki Lee, who is a Rwandan genocide survivor, is going to be putting on a two-day retreat at St. Mary's Church of the Assumption in West, as I said, uh, yeah, October the 7th and 8th. October 7th. September 7th and 8th, right? No, no, no. October. October. He said September October. 1st, but it's October 7th and 8th? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. October 7th and, and 8th. And where is that going to be? St. Mary's Church of the Assumption in West. Who all, wow. who all can come to that retreat? Is that open to anyone? Everyone is invited. Tickets are available. Okay. Uh, they can be they can be purchased at. Let me see here. You well, can what, contact. Go ahead. I was just going to say you can contact Janice Kalusia, two five four seven four nine five six seven six, and Janice can hook you up with tickets. Uh, we're also going to have her as a guest on Red Sea Roundup. Pam is going to be the host <laughs> September, September 21st. Yes, I'm so very excited about that. I read her book years and years ago, and it's it just really changed my life when it comes to forgiveness. It's incredible. She's so, got an amazing incredible. story, and, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to promote that on the air at, in, in each of our stations as well. So anyone can come. So that's that's a wonderful event. So, so, Deacon, I have yes. another question about it. Is there any way to get tickets, like, online, or is it simply to call up Janice? Uh, there's, it's just by, there are no, there are no ticket sales online. Okay. Well, good They've to know. To contact Janice. There's a couple of other ladies they could call, but it's just too many names yeah. and numbers to, to just confuse people. Okay. Uh, yep. But, uh, now so, let me, okay, let, let me tell you one other thing. If you go to uh, www immaculee.com you could possibly buy tickets there it may have her calendar in there with the different events she's going to be speaking at that's immaculee i-m-m-a-c-u-l-e-e dot com yeah so stay tuned folks we're going to run lots of spots for that in in the next month so yeah give you more information Mm -hmm. well deacon robin thank you so much thank you i hope you all all of you and our Listeners, have a blessed day. Yeah, it's great talking to you.
All right. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, there. Yeah. There we go. Thanks be to God. We've got a lot of great activities going on uh, in Central Texas as well as here. Gosh, there's so much going on. We've we've had, if, if y'all don't mind keeping the radio station in your prayers, and EWTN is uh, having to switch satellites, as a matter of fact. What? Um, because the satellite that they were on, uh, the company Intel Sat, lost communication with it this past week. Really? And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to come crashing down onto our heads anytime soon, but basically they're having to replace that satellite. So we had to go and replace um, the signals and, and re-aim two satellite dishes here and in Waco just over the weekend That's and incredible. yesterday. So Deacon Robin and I were in the sun, uh, climbing on top of satellite dishes, re-aiming them and re-pointing them and retuning them. So then we get to move them back in November. Okay. So, so wait, wait, wait. So you actually have towers <laughs> and then you have satellite We have dishes. two satellite dishes that are wow. uh, it's about 12 feet around. And so it goes up about 15 you know, 18 feet in the air. Wow, we're so fancy. Oh, <laughs> Dennis. I'm tired. I'm old. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's great. We uh, just pray for uh, the technology, which has been <laughs> one thing after another yeah. lately. So uh, we've got our Moses Ministry Prayer Team. So if you go to redsearadio.org forward slash pray, you can join a, as a part of our Moses Ministry, ministry Team with Barbara Svatek is our lead right, there. Right, right. So her. we're always wanting more prayer warriors for our station. So thank you all for your prayers. Mm, that sounds wonderful. And then we've got Victory Sports. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah, it's launching. It's here. Yeah. We, so we had lots of great clinics um, over the uh, the past several months in the spring. Very popular. Uh, almost every one of them were filled to capacity. And so now we're filling up our league play for volleyball and for flag football Incredible. for our four pen- parish area. And uh, so Deacon Robin got to talk about what's going on in the the central Texas area. This is what's hot here in the the Brazos Valley is a lot of people are finding out about it, even uh, non-Catholics that are excited. And we're not watering it down. It's going to be a Catholic teaching league. It's going to teach kids about the faith, going to teach parents and bring families together in our Catholic faith. And it's going to be also teaching the beauty of the faith through the beauty of sport. And virtues that they can learn. I'm all about that. Yeah. Well, I can't. I can't say enough about what a great idea this is bringing our community for virtue training. Yeah. For physical training, uh, for catechesis, all of the above. Brilliant. So thankful to all of y'all that were in, the, in that brainchild to do that. Thanks be to God. And, and thank to the bishop for allowing it. As exactly. Well. And and our coordinator of youth sports is Robin Romanski, and she is doing an amazing job. I'm sure. This is this has been um, a multi-headed uh, uh, monster that we're trying to attack. You know, it's not just well, the yeah. same thing that she's always been used to. So she's just really pulling out a lot of rabbits out of the hat. And and uh, her husband Thaddeus Romanski is the director of education, and he is working feverishly on getting all the educational components put together for, for victory amazing. sports. So it's a work in progress. Are we still needing volunteers? You yeah. Assistant uh, to coach, assist and things like that. Very much so. Okay. We need any, in all sorts of volunteers, uh, people to sign up. If you go to victory youth org, you can do all the above to inquire, to uh, apply, to register, 
VictoryYouthSports.org. Registration is still open and league play and practices are starting here in September beginning. Wow. So another question. Yeah. You know, there's always uh, other people involved in it, like referees yes. or umpires, things like that. That is all part like of that. the picture. Now, are those we providing them or do we go like to the local community and get refs? And We're going like to be that? providing those and, and lining oh, up those okay. for volunteer and, and such. So uh, find out all the information there. Uh, Robin's contact information is there. But if you want to get in touch with her directly, it's Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at victoryyouthsports.org. You can send an email directly to her. Or send us an email through the website, uh, victoryyouthsports.org as well. But all the information is there. Signups are there. Oh, man. It's just, it's it's all happening at once. And, you know, things are really exciting around Bryan College Station Day. You know why? Uh, gosh, first day of classes yes, for the Aggies. Yes, Aggies are back. And Baylor's it's, it's probably nice. starting very soon, if yeah, not already if they as well. Yeah, haven't already. So it's, it's refreshing for me as someone who lives here to see all the faces back and and studying hard or just walking on the streets, yeah. just doing their thing. It's pretty cool. It's like a little uh, little anthill. Just they're crawling <laughs> all over the place. So yeah. the traffic is just congested until everyone gets used to the pattern yeah, again. Yeah, but so. you know, I really thought I was going to have problems with Not traffic this today. morning, and it wasn't. Thanks it was be so, to God. Oh, I know, right? Yay. Well, one thing I can mention, too, is we have the annual KJZT garage sale that's going on here. That's going to be on Labor Day Monday. But even more importantly, we're taking donations on the Saturday and Sunday before Labor Day. If you go to our website, redsearadio.org, and click on the garage sale banner. We also need volunteers for setup for tables on Friday at 5 p.m. at St. Joseph's Elementary, but also helping with sorting and box unboxing, boxing. We need lots of volunteers. Date, um, dates again? September before Labor Day, those days. Yeah. Okay. Fifth is Labor Day, so let's back it up. The fourth, third, and the the second, third, fourth is second, that weekend. Yeah, yeah okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we need volunteers. Excellent. Go to our website, redsearadio.org. Click on garage sale. Well, Dennis, I want to tell you about the guests we have after the break. Oh, I'm so excited. I am too. I was so thankful when you mentioned after last week we had on Gloria Maria talking mm-hmm. about 40 Days for Life here in the Bryan College Station area. We are going to be talking to Anya Fitzgerald from the Waco area about 40 Days for Life. It's going to be more of an extended conversation because she's an awesome person and has a lot to tell us about how she got to where she's going. So we're really looking forward to talking with Anya Fitzgerald about 40 Days for Life after our break. Yeah. Anya is just a beautiful person. You're going to love her Irish I'm, dialect. Okay, yeah. So stay She's tuned. Irish. Oh my gosh. It's going to be a great to interview. So mm-hmm. stay tuned, folks, for some great local action Red Sea Apostolate and Red Sea Roundup. Well, welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm the host of the day, Pam Marvin, and joining us on the phone with us now from Waco is Anya Fitzgerald with 40 Days for Life. Welcome, Anya. Thank you very much, Pam. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to get to interview today. So let's kind of start um, just a little background on you as 
as our listeners hear you speak a little more, they'll realize you're maybe not from Texas. (laughs) That's for sure. I may not be from Texas, but I always say I got here as fast as I could. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I originally came to the U.S. in 2000 um, with the oil business. I joined an oil company out of college from Dublin, and I worked in Scotland uh, on and offshore for five years. And if you're in the oil business, all roads eventually lead to Houston. (laughs) So I ended up in Houston in 2000. So. Um, yeah, and I had a big reversion there back to my faith. And uh, one thing that stayed in my mind very vividly was one day I was going down to the ship channel with some of the guys from work in a bus. And we went by the Houston Planned Parenthood, which, of course, mm. at, you know, was in a poor area. And, um, and you know, they had they had known that I was starting to go back to, to church again. And they were like, hey, are those some of your buddies praying outside Planned Parenthood? And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, just because I'm going to church and I'm yeah. Catholic doesn't mean I'm going to be praying outside Planned Parenthood. But mm-hmm. sure enough, a few years later, a friend asked me, and I was. So Yes. Now, is that the really big one that they boast is the largest in, in the United States? It wasn't. At the time, we were praying at the one that had been there since the 70s. Uh-huh. So it was the one prior to the huge one that people saw maybe in the Abby Johnson movie. Right. But of course, at that time, yeah, at that time, Planned Parenthood had a strategy of placing their abortion facilities in lower income areas and usually um, non-white areas. And, uh, and around the 2008 or so, they had had a strategy as a company to change their look and uh, move into more medical areas. So I saw that in Houston, San Antonio and in Waco, where they had this sort of a huge shift away from um, the lower income areas to try and be perceived more as a, a medical type facility. Interesting. I did not know that. So tell us about when you first started getting involved in first in the Houston area, correct? That's right. It was about 2008, if I look back, and um, a friend from church, from youth group, because I was in youth group at the time, asked me to come and pray outside Planned Parenthood, and I was like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> you know, That does not sound like something I want to do. But she persisted, and um, and I said I would do uh, some an hour, but I would do it at 10 o'clock at night in case anyone saw me. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I went at 10 because <laughs> I remember that experience. But I went at 10 at night and um, with the youth group, and our shift was 10, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Houston was doing a 24-hour shift. And um, so, and I loved it. And I stayed and I, mm-hmm. and I caught the bug. You sometimes see that in people. And um, so that's why I think it's so important to personally invite people and then be with them there because I was with a group and I felt safe and I was with like-minded people. So, and I I learned so much. I I just, um, it's like an ongoing conversion. The more you're on the sidewalk, the more you realize that you're, you know, that pro-life is the side to be on. Right. Well, I want to add in there just some of my back history is I used to be a director of volunteer services at our local hospital. So I did a lot of continuing ed on volunteers. And what you just said is the number one reason and way people do get involved is a personal invitation. 
So my brothers and sisters, whatever you're doing, whatever apostolate you're involved in, remember that. It's personal invitation that gets people activated, which was in Anya's case. So that's really neat. So you started to get involved after that. You got the bug. I love the way you say that. It's like you caught you caught the fire. Yeah. And it was such a surprise, too. And then just going back to the idea of invitation, that's why if you see any of um, our materials from from our campaign, we always like to start off with a personal invitation or you're invited. And um, and then when new people come out, we always make sure someone's there to welcome them and uh, make sure they, you know, answer any questions and just uh, walk, you know, accompany them through that first hour on the sidewalk. Right. So, that, what I'm really hearing yeah. there also is something that is such a vital part of our Catholic faith is community. You know, like being with yeah. like-minded people, just as you said, is is being a part of a community. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. And it was very helpful during the lockdown because there wasn't many things people could do to be part of a community. Mm-hmm. Um, but 40 Days for Life was something you could do because it was outside and we asked people to socially distance, but that's easy when you're outside. And um, and so we continued all throughout um, the lockdown, with the exception of the time when we were asked not to be outside. That was in the spring of 2020. But um, yeah, it, it's a great way of building community and not just among other Catholics, but very much with our Protestant brothers and sisters. And that's one thing um, so beautiful. Carney, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And Sean Carney said that um, at one of the leader symposiums that the pro-life movement is a, a movement of like, really, it's, it tends to be the most committed Christians around. And Amen. so when he said that, I thought, that's true. That's exactly what I've seen and experienced. Isn't that beautiful? So at this point, you're still talking about like in the being in the Houston area. Did you like quit your job at that point and join it or... What what is like? Tell us a little bit more your life story when it comes to getting involved, and you were in Houston, and then then what was next after that? Yeah, I think from a, you know, like all um, you know, spiritual life, you can, you see it in in hindsight. But that was two thousand and eight, um, which was one of the early campaigns before um, even Abby Johnson left. Like I remember hearing about Abby Johnson leaving, and I remember hearing that. She used to turn the sprinklers on the volunteers in College Station. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I'm glad they don't do that in Houston. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dennis but, is like, yep, I've been there, done that. Yep. That, that was very <laughs> yeah. rewarding when they would do that. I would honestly be disappointed when they, because sometimes it was hot. You know, we're like, come on, turn on the sprinklers already. Let's go. Did y'all leave after that when they no, turned on the sprinklers? No. no. Heck yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, that's funny. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the other thing that was funny in Houston was I was younger then, and you would park across the street. And when I would walk from the parking down to the vigil site, the, they had Planned Parenthood escorts, and they would sometimes ask me like, "Are you okay? We can bring you over to Planned Parenthood." And I'd be like, "No, I'm sorry, I'm with uh, I'm with the prayer folks." So, um, oh. and that's when I realized that a lot of times people who are Planned Parenthood escorts, they really, they really do believe they're helping women. And there's something in them that's moving them to get up on a Saturday morning and do something. And it's sometimes easier to change a heart that's already up and going than someone who's just, you know, sitting at home doing video games. So, Interesting. Um, so I thought they were 
I think it's just that they have a heart. It's just like, you know, like I was, um, sorry, like I was pro-choice when I was at college and, um, and in my early 20s. And I think it's just sometimes just lack of knowledge. So, you know, I hardly agree with that. But, you know, I, I think that just having those honest conversations, like in my instance, having conversations with a young person after Roe v. Wade was overturned saying, you know, but I still think it should be allowed for rape and incest, to which I responded, you know, in my earlier years, <laughs> I kind of thought that way too. But after I heard testimony from survivors uh, of that, those abortions and those instances and how their life has meaning, value, and dignity, it really changed my mind. So sometimes we do have to meet them where they're at to try and catechize them, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you, you brought up the rape issue because it is, you know, a hot topic at the moment. It, it has been surprising post-Roe what has come to the forefront of being, you know, an issue and a topic. And you'll see us here in Waco 40 Days, we are definitely um, moving to do events to increase education because there is so much information out there that's maybe not accurate. So you'll see um, um, a lot more from us on, you know, it's pray fast and educate Mm. Um, because we have so much good information and we solid information backed up by research. And we want to get that out there to counter the misinformation that is coming down, especially through social media to Uh, young people, especially. Yo, absolutely. I'm guessing the particular young person I spoke to was very heavily in, um, influenced by maybe some of her favorite um, musicians is what I was thinking because she loves music and she probably heard a rant on a musician. So can you talk to us a little bit more? You're saying you have a lot of these um, education talking points. Can you talk to us a little bit more about those? I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, some, and then we're, we're preparing some and you'll see those being rolled out, especially like during the 40 days campaign. Um, so we, we haven't got them all back yet from the printers, but one idea that we had was like a top 10 facts, you know, things that are actually true, especially around issues that um, there's a perception out there that post-row that uh, women can't go and get treatment for ectopic pregnancies or miscarriages. Yes. And that is, mm-hmm. that's very much not true. And, and a data point that I have is that I grew up in Ireland where there was no abortion until after I left. And, uh, but women, like, you know, and in Ireland, there was, families were bigger. So a lot of people had miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies because women had multiple births. You know, the birth rate was much higher than in the U.S. And so I was like super surprised to hear that because there's a big difference between, um, you know, just medically between an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage where the, the baby is already passed, you know, or, right. or will pass, um, as opposed to, you know, abortion, which is a procedure on on a live baby and, and just incredibly different procedure, you know. So just things like that, um, just that are going around in social media that are surprising because they're so untrue. Right. And right. so we really just want to get that information out there that that is 
that's um, that's not true. And it's even been built into the law. Like we don't do legal stuff on 40 days, but obviously we have friends who do. And just even a cursory reading of the the laws in, in Texas, for example, I mean, that's all written in there that that it's, it's you know, treatment for miscarriage or toppy pregnancy is, is completely different. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So you're saying that you're going to roll this out on um, some social media that belongs to 40 Days? Is that like, hmm, I don't know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? And we, we don't, I mean, as Wake of 40 Days, we very much concentrate on, like, invitation, physical presence. So we don't um, do a lot on social media. Um, because there's other people who do it and do it so much better. Oh, can you, know? you recommend some then? Like, can you recommend some? Yes, like live action is amazing. Oh, yes. yeah. um, 40 Days for Life head office has Instagram. Um, I believe they also have Twitter and Facebook. Um, and uh, Abby Johnson has a presence on uh, social media. Um, there's also like LifeSite News is incredible, oh, wow. like absolutely awesome. Um, so those are just some examples of um, different types of social media or email or life site is also like regular news as well, too. You know, this reminds me, Dennis, maybe you'll recall it, mm-hmm. but that several years ago, I believe it was Michelle Malkin came and it was for a right. fundraiser for 40 Days for Life. Right. I mean, this was years ago. And she said, my brothers and sisters, if y'all aren't out there fighting the battle on social media, you're already behind. This was like before, and that was the day I got a Twitter account. And that's been like 10 years ago, a long time ago. She was so right about one of those battles for our young people's hearts and minds is going to be the battlefield of social media. Yeah, it's definitely an important, it's an important field. But I I agree with Anya as well that 40 Days for Life is is really on on the edge of doing things on a national basis, but those can also be shared to people's pages locally as well, you know, so it's definitely, there's no need to reinvent the wheel when there's a lot of great things out there that can be pointed to. And I think Anya, you're, you're so focused on the in-person personal connection there in Waco, correct? That y'all are having a vigil coming up and. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. We, and we have, you know, as a, as a team discussed like, you know, what What does our work look like for Waco 40 Days for Life post-row and it, really a laser-sharp focus on a physical presence on the sidewalk outside the local abortion facility or now abortion referral facility, which is Planned Parenthood in Waco. Isn't that nice so to say that post-row yeah. 40 Days <laughs> for Life? Isn't that nice to say? It is. It's our first campaign post-row and it's it's amazing. Like who would have thought like five years ago that we would be here. So Okay, so let me can I ask you some more questions? I'm very fascinated how it's working because that was a working Planned Parenthood at the time that was overturned. Is is that correct? That's correct. Wow. Yeah. That was a, a working abortion facility and um and Waco has had abortion on and off I mean, just over the last 10 years, I think abortion has come and gone like three times Mm -hmm. because of different bills passing in Texas and then being overturned. But yes, what what has been amazing is that the abortion doctor herself has taken a contract elsewhere and uh, and pray for her. Her name is Nicola 
Moore, I think. Nicola Moore, she was from England, post-abortive herself, mm. came to America to study. And she, there was an interview with her in her local newspaper where she lives up north, maybe in Massachusetts. But uh, she said that she was leaving Texas and she was taking another post as an uh, abortion doctor in New Mexico. So um, that's when we really knew that abortions had stopped in Waco because it is very hard to get an abortion doctor. And um, and the fact that they let her go and take a contract somewhere else told us that we could see that abortions had stopped, but that told us for sure. Yeah. Right. Thanks be to God. And yes, we will definitely pray for Nicola Moore. I just... Uh, her conversion's right out of the corner and right around the corner in Jesus' name. We'll pray for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Definitely need to be praying for that. We did. We did see her soften over the years. Like when she first came, um, she was known for wearing masks, which she never did in Waco. But over the years, towards the end, she did wave to us as she would leave. So whereas prior to that, she was stony faced and no contact. So uh, maybe a softening. Um, and then we just keep praying. That's wonderful. Okay, so tell us about your transition from Houston to San Antonio. And how was that, being in San Antonio? That's that's kind of a large area, too. Yes, and um, yes, I was in Houston until about 2009. And as part of the reversion, and maybe as part of being involved in 40 Days, I um, left corporate life. And um, I went. I went to San Antonio to do a master's because um, that's where a lot of the graduate schools for uh, Catholic theology are. And so I studied for a master's in San Antonio, um, part time because I also set up my own business. So I'd work for myself and then go to night classes for the masters. Um, so I studied prereqs at St. Mary's University in San Antonio. And then I ultimately graduated from a very small new college called the Mexican American Catholic College in really? San Antonio, which was, yeah, so, yeah, that was cool. And it was tied to Assumption Seminary in San Antonio, so a lot of my classmates were seminarians from all over the world. Isn't that wonderful? That's really yeah. great. So was, what was that? You got your master's in what? Tell us again. It ended up being in the pastoral ministry, but it was a lot oh. of theology and yeah, it was great. And I got a chance to do some uh, studying through the Theology of the Body Institute. And I got some credits from Creighton University for that, which um, the college, the Mexican American Catholic College, accepted as part of my graduate plan. So mm-hmm. it was a, a wonderful experience. And through all that, I kept going to the sidewalk in San Antonio because I think at the time there were. Uh, three abortion facilities, but the 40 days was outside the big one, the Planned Parenthood Mm. in San Antonio. So were you involved with the San Antonio Coalition for Life group there? I was, but more as a participant. Like I I went out regularly every campaign and and I could see how much they needed people who would show up, say they were going to show up and take a particular time. So that's when I... Um, but very much just as a participant, someone on the sidelines, I, I knew all the leaders and would talk to them. Um, that's also where I started to get involved in sidewalk counseling because, um, you know, that was a very busy abortion facility. But you never knew when there was abortion, so you might have thought you were going to have to pray. And they would change the days all the time so you couldn't plan. So you had to always be ready 
practice, I'd well cancel as well as pray because they would change their schedule a lot. Well, I imagine that you're familiar with Amy Voorhees, then possibly the founder of the Coalition for Life in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So she and her husband, George, lived a number of years here in the Brazos Valley. And we were very involved in the first 40 Days for Life with Amy and George. I don't know if you knew that background Uh history. And so, yeah, George was very active part with me on the night crew and all the antics that happened overnight (laughs) uh, on the first 40 Days for Life. Yeah, Anya, another thing that, I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Do you have some really amazing stories to tell us as a sidewalk counselor? I mean, or just even small, doesn't have to be amazing, but just any tiny conversion steps. Oh, yes. I mean, all the time. And you always have to be ready um, for Mm -hmm. someone coming up to you, not just someone going into Planned Parenthood, but um, people driving by and stopping, especially in Waco, because we're on Highway 6 and because you can pull over and stop. Uh, Pardon me. So um, what I've noticed just in my time in Waco is um, what is most poignant, really, in the last campaign I think because of the conversations about Roe possibly being overturned, people feel more free to talk about their abortion experience. Mm. So a few times last campaign, people drove up to me randomly and started to tell me about their abortion. And they said things like, I've never spoken about it before. I saw you guys here. I just wanted to talk about it. Wow. So we started to carry um, little green bags of a, materials to support after abortion. And if, if there's anyone listening on the call who, who would like help, there are there are resources obviously like Rachel's project, but um, you can if you just want to look online, there's a group called Support After Abortion and they can do virtual um, work with you. Say you're at home and you you know you can't go you can't you don't have the ability, you need babysitting or something. That's another resource just to get help. Like if you if you think you need someone to talk to or think you need help, that's probably not going to go away. Um, so support after abortion or your is, is just a very easy new resource. That's amazing. That's, you know, that must be one of those things that was a positive that came out of COVID is the Zoom calls. I thought as a new mom, how great would that be able to participate in so much more through Zoom while my kids were sleeping, you know, so... I hope people will take uh, take advantage of that with support after abortion. Just, I guess, just go and Google it. Yeah. Yeah, they have multiple. They have, you know, you can have one-on-one uh, calls. You can join a group. You can just look at all their information. They have amazing literature you can download for free. They're really just trying to make it very accessible and free for people to begin the healing process. And eventually then you may want to do a weekend retreat. Um, But just to start and to know that there's uh, people out there who want to help and there is a huge movement. Because, you know, they say like one in four women in America has had an abortion. Really? Um, That's what, so I'm trying to get that verified. But, but, you know, all of us know someone who has, even if we don't know they had. So it is a wound in the culture. And um, and they say things, you know, if you go into the prisons or even at Gatesville, you know, where they a lot of the the women on death row, uh, there is a lot of uh, you know a trauma from abortion. Mm. Um, 
And uh, Myra Rodriguez came into town last week and uh, she went to the prison. She's a former Planned Parenthood director. She's going to be our kickoff speaker and on Tuesday, September 27th. And she asked the woman at the prison, she asked like how many of them had lost a child because, you know, you, you don't, uh, there's a certain way to ask. And she said all of them put their hand up. Wow. So um, it's, it's a, we want to just be a conduit for people to get involved in pro-life, but also to get information about healing also. Wow. So what I'm kind of hearing is that this post Row is also a time of great healing for a number of women. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. who would have thought that once it became illegal, it would feel like, oh, I need to tell my story now. It's okay to tell my story. Yeah, and it's okay to feel, you know, like I think there was a push in the culture that if you felt repercussions that were negative, that that was somehow you and not a common experience. And because people weren't talking about it very much and mm-hmm. um, it was hard to um you know it was it was hard to like start dealing with it but because abortion is now in the news again it has allowed people to actually share their common experience and that it was very negative and it did impact them and uh, you know people know there's an opioid crisis in the culture but what people don't talk about is the link between them um, oh. you know heroin and um an abortion, heroin use and abortion, it's extremely high. Really? I would think alcoholism as well. Oh, absolutely. And and you'll hear it about the workers too. Like when they, like Abby or, um, will mention that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people working upon parenthood, um, or even Dr. Haywood Robinson, mm-hmm. who is, um, had a conversion, was an abortion doctor. They will say that that there was even within the the workers. There's a lot of uh, alcoholism. There's so much pain, right? Of course, yes. of course. Wow. So, so you're in San Antonio, and you were there for how many years? I think I was probably there. Um, five or six years and I graduated from my master's and my business was up and running. Um, and I got an opportunity to go to Corpus Christi um, to try maybe engineering again. And I thought I always wanted to live by a beach. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try it. So I moved to Corpus, but the engineering job didn't uh, take off. But the funny thing was that my business um, went virtual, like, 10 years ago, Skype was horrible and I tried to use it. <laughs> um, but by 2016, 2017, I mean, Zoom came along and right. it was incredible. And so I ended up keeping the business I had, but moving it virtually. And then um, when uh, Cor- Corpus Christi, the houses didn't work out, house prices were high, I looked at where I could buy a house with a yard, um, but still be in Texas. And I really did want to be away from the coast because a bad hurricane came in around the time. And uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I was like, let's get a house in a smaller place. And um, well, because house prices were so expensive in the cities, I looked at Houston again and coming back to San Antonio, but the prices were prohibitive. And so I ended up coming to Waco because at that time I could get a house with a yard. Mm. in town and my business was virtual so I could live anywhere so um yeah just 
just how it, how it worked out. I ended up in Waco. So. And then um, you, but now you are the coordinator for 40 Days for Life. So did you, upon arriving in Waco, did you just seek out the 40 days and start to volunteer? What was the progression there? Uh, yeah, well, like when I, every time I got to a new town, I'd look for 40 days. And what I noticed in Corpus, they didn't have it because Corpus Planned Parenthood had closed down and left, which is ultimately what we would like to see in Waco. The Planned Parenthood closed and then leave because it's very hard for them to get a site. So I was sad in Corpus, you know, glad for them they didn't have 40 days. And when I came to Waco, um, abortion was coming back again because of changes in the laws. And uh, Pro-Life Waco had organized a petition um, against the um, abortion coming back to Waco. And it was obvious at that point that Planned Parenthood were building a new building on Highway 6 that was going to be an abortion facility. And I went to one of their rallies. And then I went to another uh, Pro-Life Waco rally where they brought in Sue Thayer, um, who just passed last winter. But Sue worked for 40 Days for Life, had worked for Planned Parenthood, had a conversion. And um, and they were talking about how could we get a 40 Days campaign going again. It, it had been in Waco before, but now abortion was returning. How do you get it going again? And, um, and at that time, I was new in Waco, and I didn't have a huge business. And, um, and I just thought, well, I spoke, uh, I spoke to Sue and uh, Pro-Life Waco and CareNet were very supportive. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll try it and we'll see how it goes. And it, um, it was hard work, but it, it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and then we just kept doing it after that and kept growing and growing. So, so you so, started, yeah, you started sidewalk yeah, campaigns right the there, leader. huh? Yes, we started. It had run a little bit earlier, maybe 2010, and we got it going again. And I took in the lessons I had learned from what I'd seen in Houston and what I'd seen in San Antonio about how we structured it. Mm. And uh, we really used their materials and their website heavily. And um, we very much lean on an electronic sign-up and texting and email Um and we reach out that way to a lot of people. Um, so, but I really just use a lot of what I learned from the Coalition for Life in San Antonio with their kickoff events, with their recruiting, and how I'd seen uh, people being recruited in Houston in the early days. And I also knew I wanted to uh, use a system where you would get take the same hour each campaign, you know, like Thursday at two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than um, like a church taking a day because uh, Waco's small compared to Houston or San Antonio. And it's actually easier to work at like, oh, this person does like Tuesday at 7 a.m. and they do it every campaign. So you have a lot of veterans who've been in there since the first campaign and they sort of do those hours and then newbies can join up with them and be with someone who's, been out there a long time for years. That's so, wonderful. So just a lot of learnings from other campaigns as a yeah. participant. Um, but it was still scary leading, but over the years I've learned a lot. And um, we go to regular leaders conferences where we learn from other leaders too. So. Yeah. You mentioned recruiting yeah. there for just a second. Like how does your recruiting work 
um, in Waco, um, is it, I mean, obviously member to member or member to a new person, is it like throughout the parishes? How is it kind of structured? I'm just trying to have a visual. Do y'all have meetings and then you invite people? Yes, How does that go? Yeah, we try, we try a lot of different things. So it isn't just one strategy. Um, so, for example, thank you to Red Sea for running the advertisements on your radio. Like we advertise maybe two months before each campaign. And then um, I heard, I don't know if it was Sean or some other uh, business leader said, you have to see a message like seven times, like, you know, before you before you feel like comfortable enough to move. So so we do that early radio stuff, bulletins, um, and then we start to go to churches and do sign-up weekends where we talk to people after services. And that's where we get a lot of new people because they can ask us questions and yes. gain a level yeah. of comfort, what it involves. Right. But then we'll also do huge kickoff events. With, we've had major speakers. We have a huge speaker coming, Myra Rodriguez, at the end of September. And um, we also, on a times we've done like media events. Uh, so we we showed Gosnell a few years back and we wow. took in one of the actors from Gosnell. And obviously unplanned, we showed multiple times here. So that's fun. You know, we want to make things fun and interesting and community. We always have fellowship time before and after all our events. That's wonderful. And um, yeah, it's been so that it is a hard and heavy subject but it doesn't mean we can't uh, build community and have a little bit of lightness around it too. Right, right. And and I suppose that the levity might be coming in a little more post-row as well. So it is more fellowship, but continuing on these prayer campaigns. And I was talking to the, the local coordinator here in the Bryan College Station area last week, and um, I really wanted to ask her, it's like, well, kind of explain to me like the focus of 40 days now post post row, like, you know, like what is, is just trying to accomplish, so to speak. Right. And it's a great question and people have asked us and um, we still pray for an end to abortion everywhere because the sad reality is, is that um, women are still going to get pregnant uh, unexpected pregnancies and still going to be in fear. And so uh, the statistics show that having to drive or go distance does um, give them some buffer time to think and does result in more women um, choosing life. But still, you know, New Mexico has abortion uh, up to maybe, I think, to post-birth. So a lot of the laws are, you know, it's not super clear what they are, but New Mexico definitely is a site for late-term abortions. Mm. And uh, Myra will talk about that. And also there's a huge, New Mexico though, is a 10-hour drive. Mexico is five hours, you know, on a good day, down I-35. And there is a huge push to get abortions into Mexico, state by state. And um, thankfully, there's three border states with Texas. And I know at least two of them are very, very pro-life, even under tremendous pressure from the Mexican president. So, but, um, you know, on the border with California, they've just opened a mega clinic, an abortion facility in Tijuana, Tijuana, Tijuana. Tijuana, So there's still, there's still abortion near us. And of course there's the abortion pill and, um, you know, that people are, it's, it is illegal, but 
on my understanding is people can get it shipped in from other states, even though they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, so there's still like an abortion mindset where uh, people may still seek it. And so it's not that abortion has gone away. It's just that it's uh, moved around. So, yeah. <laughs> so can you tell me if Oklahoma, what their laws are? I mean, this may be out of your foray, but it's, um, it's like... I, my under, my understanding, I, Oklahoma, I, I'm actually confused because I thought they weren't going to have it. And then I heard they were. I'm pretty, um, so we're, it, it's actually a great question. And one of our speakers coming soon is, um, or we're hoping that he'll come soon, but we will bring him at some stage, is a lawyer who will talk about that landscape. Because really it is changing so much that yes. you, you you need an expert who's, at the forefront because um, every every day the laws are changing because it's gone back to the states and every state is different. Right, right. And I, I'm assuming so Louisiana yeah. would probably, I'm just thinking, I'm like going all around Texas and our neighbors and wondering, I, I'm assuming Louisiana because they had such a rich Catholic history for so long and I don't know, are, that they would probably yeah, that's be. My, my, under, my understanding is the closest is west new mexico that to go east or north um is not uh is not as accessible as new mexico and then mexico is in flux but it looks like right now going south is not an option but we'll have more information on that probably towards the end of the campaign because people are very interested and um, I saw a great presentation at the Leaders Conference in August from the 40 Days Lead Council, the lead lawyer, and he went through what it was then, but he said it is changing every day. Wow. So, a lot of flux. Um, wow. So it's an exciting time, um, and and it's a time for we can't be let up. We need to pray more and then and then try and do more because women are still getting pregnant and they still need the help more than ever. Right. right. So um, kind of my, we have just a couple of minutes left here at the end of the show, but I just kind of want to recap what I've learned. And number one, there's, there's kind of more of a levity and helpfulness with um, the pro-life movement it kind of has another component that uh, of helping post abortive women and families, which I think is beautiful. Um, there's that. And, just really um, our perseverance in prayer, because just if it's not available right now in Texas, it doesn't mean it's not coming back, and it doesn't mean our prayers don't matter all over the country. And with that, though, so I want to talk more about specifically who you're inviting into the 40 Days for Life. I mean, we talked a little bit, we're going through the churches, and you can sign up, um, you can hear us online, and or on the radio rather, and you can come be a part of the campaign and tell me more about the kickoff event and where it's held and what time, that sort of thing. Yeah, so for sure. So the best way to find out about the latest and what's going on, especially at Waco, is to come to our big kickoff events. We have huge events twice a year. So the next one is going to be Tuesday, September 27th because the campaign starts the following morning, Wednesday, September 28th at 7 a.m. So on that Tuesday, the doors open at 5 o'clock for fellowship, and it is a great time to catch up with people. 
and uh, and then at six o'clock sharp we will have a little introduction and then we will have our speaker who I said is Myra Rodriguez. She was a Planned Parenthood Employee of the Year in twenty sixteen. <laughs> so she's not now. So, so she's now um a convert and a pro life advocate. And the location we're still working because we used to always have our events outside, but the weather is just so incredibly unpredictable that we are looking for an inside venue that's big enough uh, to accommodate everybody and um, and also allow for fellowship and parking. So we're in process on that, and I'll have an announcement on that soon. But for sure, we have our speaker booked, and um, we're excited about that. Well, we'd love to hear and put it on the first part of Roundup when that information becomes available. So make sure that Deacon Robin, you let him know, because we'd love to get that out on the on the show as well. Well, awesome. Anya and is... And let me tell you, our website is 40daysforlife.com forward slash Waco. And we do have an Instagram at Waco 40 Days. That's oh, wonderful. That's, so I just wanted to get those yes. out there, especially for younger folks and students. Everybody yes, likes Instagram. Well, Anya, it's just been a pleasure for Dennis and I to host you on the airwaves today. We hope that you will come back sometime after the campaign and tell us how it went and tell us more of your beautiful stories. And we just want to to thank you and God bless you in your work. And thank you for joining us on Red Sea. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today on Red Sea Roundup. And until next time, go and love your neighbor.